As an engineering leader, you know firsthand that achieving work-life balance can be hard. Many business owners struggle with the balance between their personal lives and their work. This leads to stress and a feeling of regret. But that's not the case for the listeners of the Engineer Your Success podcast with Dr. James Bryant. This podcast provides tools, tips, and techniques to help you achieve success both in business and in life. Tune in. Let's engineer your success today. Welcome to the Engineer Your Success podcast, where we dive deep into the strategies and insights to help you win at work and at home. I'm your host, Dr. James Bryant, and my mission is to help you succeed not only in business, but also in life, enabling you to pursue your dreams without sacrificing your career or your personal ambitions. I want to start off this week's episode with a huge thank you to Alvina Nadim, who was on last week's podcast talking about journeying through the storm of being diagnosed with ovarian cancer at age 36. Alvina provided some really good insights on the power of reframing and being resilient. And she also provided some insights from the perspective of being the person diagnosed with cancer and how to best support people that may be in your life experiencing similar things. So Alvina, I really thank you for that impactful episode and interview. I really appreciate you. I also want to give a shout out to Nathaniel Bryant. My youngest son, who just turned 15, happy birthday, Nate. You know that daddy loves you, continuing to be there for you and looking forward to seeing how God continues to develop you into the man that you are going to be. Love you, man. So today's topic, we're going to talk about crucial conversations. So what do you do when you have to have a crucial conversation? That's what we're going to answer and talk about over the next two weeks. These episodes are built off of the Engineer Your Success on-ramp session that we had a few months ago on Crucial Conversations. So in this session, we're going to explore challenges and pitfalls and strategies for navigating these important conversations because these conversations really can make or break you both in terms of your career and just in terms of the personal relationships that you have as well. So over these next two weeks, we're going to talk about how do you increase your effectiveness in having crucial conversations? How do you overcome challenges such as fear, conflict, and emotional triggers? How can you enhance your communication and conflict management skills? We're going to help you build stronger relationships at work and at home through the power of crucial conversations. And also, we're going to help you transition from putting off these conversations, you know, like not wanting to have them procrastinating to actually taking proactive steps to engage in these conversations. The ability to have crucial conversations is vital for your success as a leader, period. But I often say that engineers are people too. So your ability to have crucial conversations will also help you at home. And again, it is really my desire that you win at work and at home. Okay, let's dive in. I want to welcome you to the Engineer Your Success on-ramp. Today's topic is on mastering crucial conversations. So how many people have a crucial conversation that they have to have, say in the next 30 days, or you should have already had? How many people? All right, I see some hands up. See some hands up. That's great. You are in the right place because this session is all about some of the tools and techniques that you can use to help you have those crucial conversations. My name is Dr. James Bryant. 
I am the president and CEO of Engineer Your Success LLC, a boutique leadership development, coaching, and consulting firm in Richmond, Virginia. I have over 20 years of experience in the civil engineering industry, managing research projects and programs looking at infrastructure projects. And for the last year or so, I've really been focused on this leadership development, coaching people, and helping to build people up. For me, this is all about helping us close the gap between who you are now and who you want to be. What is a crucial conversation? What do you guys think? I would say something that can't be avoided. It has to be addressed at some point or another. Yes. Cannot be avoided. Has to be addressed at some point in another. Anybody else? Something that if it goes wrong, it has some adverse implications for you. Yeah. And so I ask the definitions because I want to make sure that we're all generally on the same page. When I talk about a crucial conversation, it's a conversation, it's a discussion between two or more people where the stakes are high. The opinions are, may vary, they may differ, there may be some emotions that are there that are running strong, but these conversations are often framed as being difficult conversations to have. When you're approaching these conversations, you may feel uncomfortable and they do require skillful communication and conflict management skills to navigate these conversations effectively. When I think about the importance of crucial conversations, I think they're important, simply put, because they can make or break your success in life. They can make or break your success in your career and in your relationships, whether you're navigating a conflict with a colleague, setting boundaries with a loved one, or advocating for yourself in the workplace, the ability to engage in effective communication and manage conflict is essential for achieving the goals and building the strong relationships that you want in life. There, is a, there was a survey conducted by Vital Smarts in 2021 that found that 75% of employees reported that crucial conversations are important for their organization's success. Now get this, 75% said that these conversations are important for success. However, only 25% felt that they were effective in actually having those conversations. There was another study that was published in the Journal of Applied Psychology in 2020 found that employees who engaged in more frequent and effective communication with their supervisors had higher levels of job performance and job satisfaction. And the World Economics Forum Future of Jobs Report in 2020 identified communication and interpersonal skills as the top two skills required for success in the workplace. So all of this highlights the importance of effective communication and these crucial conversations that you're going to have particularly in your work, but also in your personal life. What are we going to be covering today? We're going to cover the challenges of having crucial conversations and how to overcome them. We're going to provide some tips on having successful cru crucial conversations at work and at home. We're going to look at a real life example of the impact of having or not having a cru crucial conversation and then strategies for ongoing growth and development in the communication and conflict management skills, the things that you need to master crucial conversations. So I want to thank you for joining this conversation. And I am really looking forward to having a great time with each of you. Crucial conversations at work. 
what I really focus on in my practice is helping engineers, people with a science, technology and engineering background design a life where they can win at work and at home. And so this would be an example of looking at those crucial conversations uh, and mastering them so that you can win at work. It could be addressing work performance. Maybe there's a, a coworker who has some kind of an ongoing performance issue that because of this, the projects are consistently late or the, it's impacting the quality of the work. It could be giving feedback to a colleague on a specific project or a specific point that needs some improvement. It could be discussing a disagreement with a team member over project priorities or decisions, bringing up a, a concern about a boss or a colleague's behavior that is causing discomfort or conflict. And it also could be requesting a raise or a promotion from your supervisor. Sometimes those are conversations that we may be reluctant to have. And with the tips and the tools that we're going to talk about today, you'll have the confidence for addressing all of these. Crucial conversations at home, right? It could be confronting a family member or partner about a habit or behavior that is causing issues in the relationship. It could be discussing sensitive topics such as money, parenting, or family dynamics, addressing some recurring issue, whether it's household chores or responsibilities. And again, this doesn't have to be your spouse or your partner. It could be a crucial conversation with your kid, with your teenager, with someone that is there in your family that's interrupting that family dynamic. It really could be about a discussion about setting boundaries and expectations with the people that are in your household. So these conversations can be difficult to initiate, but they are crucial, absolutely crucial in maintaining healthy relationships, resolving conflict, and achieving the personal and professional growth that you want. So I'm launching a poll here. And the poll question is, have you ever put off having a difficult conversation? All right. We are going to close it in a second and then share the results. Okay. And poll, share the results. So looking at the results, have you ever put off having a crucial conversation? Everybody who responded is either uh, yes, sometimes, or yes, often. And this just goes to show that this is a real issue that we're facing and you are not alone. So what are some of the challenges in having these crucial conversations? As indicated in the poll, we all are facing some issue in having that crucial conversation. We know that they can be difficult to approach, but let's look at some of the common challenges that people face when having a crucial conversation. And I'll tell you that at the end of the challenges, we'll launch another poll question to see if there are one or more that actually resonated with you. So what comes to mind when you think about having that conversation? Here are some of the things that come to mind that I've heard in working with my clients, that I've heard in working with colleagues, whether it's family member or in the office. If I bring up this issue, it will only make things worse. Or people will say, I don't want to hurt their feelings or make them angry. Another one is they won't listen to me anyway, so why bother? I'm afraid of confrontation and conflict. 
I think of all of the comments, that one is absolutely at least the one that's most honest when a person can say that they're not having the conversation because they're afraid of confrontation or conflict. If they get defensive and refuse to cooperate, what am I going to do? So these are all thoughts and fears that come up when we're thinking about these crucial conversations that could cause anxiety, stress, and avoidance behavior. But it's important to remember that avoiding a crucial conversation can often lead to even worse outcomes. Avoiding the conversation is not addressing the issue. Avoiding the conversation actually may exacerbate the issue. It may make that issue even worse, right? So we have to be able to get the confidence to approach these conversations with confidence and compassion and think of the end goal that you have in mind, better relationships, better outcomes, personal growth, career growth. What is it that you want in the end when you're approaching these conversations? So we have fear of conflict. Again, this is one of the biggest challenges that people face when having these conversations is they just really don't, they fear conflict. You will hear people saying, I'm a people pleaser. And so I don't really want to get into I don't want to have that conversation because I'm a people pleaser. It's okay. But a lot of times they're just burying what it is that they really want and not setting the boundaries for themselves. Another major one is, I would say mindset. If we approach these conversations with fear, defensiveness, or aggression, we're likely to struggle to find productive solutions. But if we approach them with curiosity, openness and a desire to understand and collaborate, then we're more likely to achieve successful outcomes. Again, think about the outcomes that you want out of that crucial conversation. Here's one that will hit home for a lot is that there are unclear goals and a lack of a plan. And this, you'll see this later on in the conversation in our talk about some of the steps that you can use to help you master crucial conversation. You have an unclear goal. It can pose a significant challenge in having this conversation. If you're not clear about what you want to achieve in the conversation, it's easy to get sidetracked or miss opportunities for resolution. So setting clear goals for the conversation can help keep the conversation focused and increase the chances that you're going to have a successful outcome. In addition to unclear goals, a lack of a plan can also make these conversations more difficult. If you don't have a clear plan for how to approach the conversation, like you may not be able to plan out everything in the conversation, but having a plan to how you want to approach the conversation, if you don't have that, again, it's easy to become overwhelmed, to feel uncertain about how to proceed. But having a plan can help us feel more confident, more prepared, and increase the likelihood that we're going to have a, a resolution or an outcome that's going to move us closer to where we want to be. And the last ones we'll talk about in terms of other common uh, challenges is lack of communication skills, heightened emotions, and the existence of power imbalances. So under communication skills, it does require some effective communication skills when you are navigating these conversations. And so if you don't have the skills, then it could become very unproductive. But here's the thing. It's a skill. It's not a talent. It's a skill. So that means that you can learn it. You can learn the communication skills to help you master these kinds of conversations. 
And when you look at heightened emotions, we have the emotional triggers. We all know when we become emotional and we get triggered, it's easy for the conversation to get sidetracked because we will move away from the issue and move to the individual. And that's a recipe for disaster in these kinds of conversations. And for power imbalances, it does pose a significant challenge when having these types of conversations. So when there's a significant differential between the parties, it can be challenging for the less powerful party to speak up or to feel heard. And so that's just something to make sure that you keep in mind when you think about uh, having these types of conversations. When we think about the challenges for and crucial conversations, which one resonates with you? Fear of conflict, lack of confidence in communication skills, emotional triggers, power imbalances. Emotional triggers popped out as the highest selected answer. Power imbalances, not so much. Lack of confidence in communication skills and fear of conflict were both tied 18%. Strategies for mastering crucial conversations. We've gone through the challenges. We've gone through what people are, what may be going through your mind, some of the pitfalls that happen when you're there. But let's get to some tips in mastering these crucial conversations. While crucial conversations or difficult conversations can be challenging, there are strategies that you can use to approach them more effectively. Let's take a look at some of these tips now. Prepare for the conversation. Listen, I know I'm an engineer. We like plans. We like developing plans. However, it does pay when you actually prepare for these types of conversations. And one of the most important things that you can do to have a successful, crucial conversation is to prepare. This might involve identifying the issue that you want to address, clarifying your goals for the conversation, and anticipating potential reactions or responses from the other party. And you anticipate those reactions or responses so that you don't actually react. Because if you're anticipating what that is and they do have an adverse reaction, you're able to respond with the end goal of the conversation that you want in mind. And so you're looking to clarify your goals and expectations, anticipate potential reactions or responses, identify potential solutions or compromises. You want to practice active listening skills and effective communication strategies. And just in generally build your confidence when you prepare, it'll help you build your confidence and reduce anxiety around that issue. Hey, this is James, and I'm here to help you win at work and at home. Let's connect. You can use the link in the show notes to schedule a complimentary session. And we're going to walk through the steps that it's going to take for you to start thriving so you can engineer your success and live the life that you love. Come on, sign up today. I have a set of questions to ask yourself in preparation for a conversation. Under identify the issue is what is the specific issue or problem that needs to be addressed? What specifically is it? And be able to nail that down. When think of clarifying your goals, what do you hope to achieve in the conversation? What's the outcome that you're seeking? Anticipate reactions. What might the other person's reaction be? What are their concerns or reservations about the conversation? And plan your approach. How would you introduce the topic? What specific points do you need to make? How will you respond to those reactions? And so one of the things that 
I will mention here, and it's not on the slide, is that the outcome is not always just for you to get your way. The outcome could be for us to have a better understanding of where each other face so that we can then plan a path to move forward. You can approach these crucial conversations from the position of conflict or curiosity. Conflict, I have to win. I'm going to take this head on. And there's no other solution than a solution in which I get my way 100%. Curiosity is, hey, let's get together. Here are the issues that I see, but let's focus and try to co-create a solution for us to be able to move forward. It's conflict or curiosity. To me, curiosity will help you navigate these conversations a little bit better. You want to create a safe environment. Again, this assumes that you are the one initiating the crucial conversation. So it's important to create a safe space, a a supportive environment for the conversation. And so this might involve finding a quiet or private location for you to talk where you can avoid distractions and ensuring that both parties feel heard and respected. There's nothing that might enrage someone even more is if you're saying some sensitive things around a space where other people can hear it and they're not going to feel respected if that conversation is happening in that public venue like that. So there are times when you want to pull them aside to be able to create that safe space. When you're creating that safe environment, that can help to build trust. It'll promote mutual understanding and increase the likelihood of some type of successful outcome. So feeling safe helps you to encourage openness and honesty, reduce defensiveness and aggression, and build a sense of shared responsibility and collaboration. And again, everything is about increasing the likelihood or finding some type of mutually acceptable outcome. Use active listening skills. Got to use that. So active listening is a critical component of effective communication. So this involves not only hearing the other person's perspective, but also seeking to understand it. Asking some clarifying questions and reflecting back what you hear, this helps you to build trust and promote that mutual understanding. When you practice active listening, you can demonstrate empathy and understanding. You're clarifying your understanding of what the other person's perspective is. You are uh, building trust and respect, and you are promoting honest and open communication. And so when you think about just some general tips for active listening, pay attention right? Give the other person your full attention. Put your phone down, get rid of anything that's going to be a distraction and be fully present in that conversation. And when the person is talking, you do want to ask clarifying questions if there's something that you don't understand or you don't absolutely see what their perspective is because you want to be able to get a sense of what their perspective is and what their concerns are as well. And in terms of reflecting You're just paraphrasing what the other person has said so that you demonstrate that you're understanding things from their perspective and show empathy, acknowledge the other person's feelings, just saying that you value their perspective, even if you don't agree with them. Again, valuing someone else's opinion, valuing someone else's perspective is not the same thing as agreeing with them. And then with active listening, you want to respond appropriately in the way that shows that you've heard and that you understood the other person's perspective, even if you don't agree with it. I often say that a lot of times, and this is a, something that you have to guard against, many times people say that they want to be heard, but what they really mean is they want to be obeyed. And the reason I say that is because you'll have a discussion, you'll hear them, 
but you've decided to take action that's not consistent with the advice that they gave you. The next time when something comes up, they're going to say, hey, you didn't listen to me. No, you did listen. Maybe you didn't follow through with the last feedback of saying, I really appreciate what it is that you said. I heard you, but we decided to move in this direction for these reasons. Oftentimes we don't close that loop. And so one of the things that I would encourage you to do is make sure that you close the loop on these kinds of conversations. So you want to stay focused on the issue? Again, focus on the issue and the specific problem at hand. Um, You want to avoid escalating emotional conflicts. All of this is working to build trust and respect. And you want to encourage open and honest communication. Again, if you want to stay focused on the issue, it goes back to some of the same points we've made before. Clearly define the specific issue. Focus on that issue, not the person. Avoid using aggressive or confrontational language that can escalate their emotions or your emotions in a conflict. Uh, Reflect what you're hearing. You want to develop the skill to redirect the conversations. The conversation begins to stray away from the issue. You want to develop the skill to gently redirect that back to the topic at hand. Always you're looking to see common ground, looking for areas of agreement or common ground that you can build on rather than simply focusing on those things that you don't agree with. You always want to stay respectful, to use a respectful tone and avoid using judgmental language or accusatory statements. We have a little scenario that we are going to run through And as we're looking through the scenario, just think through how to respond. So here, just imagine that you're a manager of a team that has recently implemented new technology and processes to streamline your operations. One of your team members, Michael, has been with the company for many years and is struggling to adapt to the changes. You have noticed that he is making mistakes missing deadlines, and avoiding communication with you and the rest of the team. You're worried about his performance and its impact on the quality of the progress on the project that you have. And you're also concerned about his well-being. So you have two options. Option number one, you ignore the problem and hopes it goes away. So this is, hey, I'm going to just ignore This crucial conversation, I'm not going to have it. Michael's getting close to retirement age. I really don't want to have the hassle of this conversation. He's going to be gone anyway. I don't want to have the conversation. Or you have option number two, where you actually sit down and have the conversation with Michael to address the issue. In the chat box, what would you guys do? Option one or two? All right. It seems like Jennifer's speaking for everyone. She has two. Yeah, everybody's brave on the scenario, right? Everybody's brave, <laughs> brave on this scenario. But I often like to use scenarios because sometimes it's easier for us to think through the actions that we should take when we're projecting it on someone else than it is when we think about the situations that we actually have ourselves. Let's look at what happens. Option one. If you choose option one, you ignore it. They're going to be, you're ignoring the problems and there are going to be consequences. So the project may fail or be delayed, um, which could damage your reputation and credibility as a manager and affect 
your success in the organization as well as the overall success of the organization. I think the second one is really key is that the rest of the team who is observing all of this, the people that you lead are not, they're not blind. They see what's going on with Michael. And in that case, they may lose trust and respect for you as a manager and for Michael. And they feel demotivated and frustrated by the lack of accountability and feedback. One of the worst things that you can do for high-performing people in your organization and in your team is to have someone that is not performing and don't hold the people that are not performing accountable. It just sets up a bad precedent for your team and for your organization. The other piece is that Michael may continue to feel, he may continue to struggle and feel isolated and just suffer in silence because he may know that something is not right and he needs help, but may not even know how to communicate that he needs help. And so from a managerial perspective, um, not having that conversation has some huge consequences for the productivity of the organization and for your team. Let's look at option number two, right? You choose to have that crucial conversation. You are creating different opportunities now. The project has the possibility to actually improve or even succeed your projections. You may be able to get it in on time, under budget. That may enhance your credibility and reputation as a manager and contribute to your success and the success of the organization. Um, the rest of the team will gain trust and respect for you and for Michael and that they'll feel motivated and engaged by the clear expectations and feedback that you've provided. Um, Michael may open up and share some of the challenges and that he has, and you may be able to continue to support him in the challenges that he's having to be able to move forward. By having a crucial conversation with Michael, you can address the issue, provide feedback, offer support to help him adapt to the new technologies. And this conversation can really help clarify expectations, set goals, and develop an action plan that can help benefit everybody, all parties involved. So we're coming to the end of, towards the end, got a few more slides towards the end of the formal uh, presentation. And so here's some strategies for ongoing growth and development in this area. One, practice active listening. In the conversations that you have, really practice on focusing on what the other person is saying. Don't think about what your response is going to be. Really focus and hear the individuals that you're talking with. You, you also want to think through how do you cultivate empathy? Empathy is the ability to understand and to share the feelings of others. So you cultivate empathy by putting yourself in the other person's shoes and considering their perspective and their needs and acknowledging their feelings and concerns. You're conscious of what it is that you want or what's going on with you, but it's taking that step to really look at it from that other person's perspective. Um, reflect on your own communication style because a lot of times our communication style either helps or hurts when we're having these kinds of communications. And so identify areas for improvement. You can consider your tone of voice, your body language, your choice of words, and think about how you can adjust your style to better connect with others, to better connect with the person that you're trying to have this conversation with. And I would say seek feedback. So seek feedback from others on your communication style 
in your communication skills and your conflict management skill. Talk to your colleagues, uh, talk to your family members, ask for specific examples when you were effective in communicating and in managing those skills, as well as those areas where you were ineffective or those times that you were ineffective. Because that allows you to see the pluses and the minuses of your style in the areas where uh, you may need to adjust your approach to improve your skills. And I would say seek out some additional resources and training. You can attend workshops, read books or articles, seek out other training opportunities that can really enhance your communication and conflict management skills. You know, you can look for resources that complement the content that we've covered in this presentation, and you can seek out experts who can help provide some personalized guidance. During this presentation, we have covered the challenges of having crucial conversations and how to overcome them, provided some tips for having successful crucial conversations at work and at home. We had a real life example of the impact of having or not having that crucial conversation and some strategies for ongoing growth and development um, in this area. Thought that was a really powerful session. I wanted to follow up with two key takeaways that I got from the session. And one is that preparation is key. So before engaging in a crucial conversation, take the time to identify the issue, clarify your goals and anticipate reactions. Having a solid plan in place increases your confidence and the likelihood that you're going to be able to have a successful outcome as a result of that conversation. Key takeaway number two is that active listening is a game changer. We just did a podcast episode on how to become an effective listener. That's episode 110. But active listening, it it is a game changer. So truly hearing and valuing the perspectives of others, even if you don't agree, helps to build trust and respect. Show that you've listened by responding appropriately and acknowledging their feelings. Effective communication, to me, starts with being attentive and actively listening. So next week, we're going to continue along with this topic and we're going to play the question and answer portion of this on-ramp session. So you'll be able to hear directly from the participants in the sessions and as they ask me questions about some of the situations that they're encountering or that they have encountered where they've had to have these crucial conversations. I want to thank you again for your time. And I'm going to end this episode like I end every episode. That's this. Many people know what to do. Fewer people know how to do it. And there's a select group of people that actually follow through, do it, and are living the life of their dreams. It is my goal and my desire for you to be part of that select few. I want you to be great this week. This is Dr. James Bryant, your guide for winning at work and at home. Thank you for listening to Engineer Your Success with Dr. James Bryant. Do me a favor and subscribe to the podcast. Leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast player. Many people know what to do. Fewer people know how to do it and a small fraction of people actually do it. I believe that you can have success both in business and in life and it's my passion to guide you on your path to engineering your success. Thanks.